0: Welcome to the Process Podcast. From new agent to yeah. My name is Travis McClure. This is my co-host, Preston Guyton. Welcome to the Process Podcast. This is Travis McClure, my co-host, Preston Guyton. Preston, how are you doing today, sir?
1: Good, man. Yeah. Can't complain.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, we uh, or I should say you survived your first half marathon talk to us about that you ran a half marathon this past sunday first race you've ever run right
1: yeah i've never run a 5k or 10k or any k
0: so give us give us the uh what's the rundown like what what do you feel <clears> like <throat> after after accomplishing that feat
1: yeah i mean i feel good i didn't um you know i was worried about my knees hurting the next day but mm-hmm. like joints or whatever didn't hurt i just you know tight it was uh it wasn't too
0: bad. I think it's pretty cool. So talking to you, you after running that race, you've got the itch now. Um, and now you're talking about your next PR and your next races coming up, right? So there's going to be future races for you.
1: Yeah. I'm going to do the, uh, Charleston half marathon. I think it's, um, January 14th. Good. So we're going to do that and, uh, see how I do in cold weather.
0: You know, half marathons. I read this recently. I've been I'm kind of a nerd when it comes to running lately, like the science behind it, like how to make yourself run more efficiently. Anyway, half marathons are the fastest growing segment amongst like races in the U.S. where people like run them for fun or for competition or whatever. Half marathons, that's the distance that's growing the fastest.
1: Yeah, I can see that. I mean, it's, you know, you, get ha- you finish it and you're halfway of a marathon. So mm-hmm. it's, you know, going, taking a leap from you know, a half to a full is a, is a big deal. And, you know, there's so many different things like below a half, you could run a 5k and then you could run a 10k and get used to doing that and then move up to a half. But there's, you know, there's such a big separation um, between the half and the full.
0: Yeah. And uh, it's funny, just that little, I call it the little race. It's the Myrtle beach mini marathon. Um, I've run it a few years in a row now. I want to say like it was my third year running it maybe. And I know from last year to this year, it doubled in size in terms of the amount of people. It was around 400. I want to say ran it in 21. And this past Sunday, there was 900 people out there, which is kind of cool.
1: Yeah. Well, the weather probably helped too. It was beautiful. Yeah. You know, I think a lot of people register for those. And if the weather's like terrible, they just don't run it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's a lot of money, I think, <laughs> to, to register and not race. But yeah, um, yeah, I know for myself, I got... I'm running two full marathons in 23. I have already booked already on the calendar. Um, And then I'm trying to talk my wife into allowing me to run. Cause she's my, my wife is my coach, my support system. She comes along with me. She doesn't run, but she like totally supports me in all this. My craziness around running. I want to do an ultra marathon. I think Preston, um, there's one in North Carolina in July, I believe. So I think uh, I'm going to take another crack at an ultra marathon next year. Which would be uh, either 50, they have a 50 miler and a 100 miler. So, so you're going to do the 50? Yeah. Well, I see. I'm going to see how I feel after marathon one. Marathon one's in March. And that's when I I'm going to. I don't to,
1: know if you should jump to 100, is my point.
0: Uh, 50 would be a new all time high. I've done a 50K. Yeah. I've never done a 50 miler. Uh, 50K, obviously, is around 30 miles, right? Um, yeah, that's the same thing my wife told me. So, I guess it's good logic. Don't do the 100 miler. Yeah, but. especially in July in uh, mm-hmm.
1: North Carolina to be a little bit warm.
0: Yeah, well, it's up in a mountain somewhere in July. It looks kind of right. it looks kind of cool. I I don't remember the name of it off the top of my head. I, I started doing this research last night uh, when I had this crazy idea in my head that I could do this. But anyway, so that's running the running update. So Preston's next race is going to be in January. Mine is I'm I'm signed up for the Surfside Beach Turkey Trot. I run that every year. It's one of my favorite races. The 10k. Down to Surfside Beach. I I, I enjoy it. it's it's a similar course where it's a lot of uh ocean boulevard, uh just beautiful scenery, should be good weather that time of the year. Very similar to what we experienced on Sunday, just shorter. There's a
1: uh five K turkey trot as well, I think in Market Common.
0: Yep, yeah. They do one in Market Common. I wanna say somewhere on the north end, they do another five K. And Surfside has the option. You can do five K or ten K. Um, I enjoy it. the the ten K is a good dis good distance. It's good like the half marathon it's it's a little bit challenging um you know after you start running a bunch like a 5k starts feeling almost too short not to sound like a run snob <laughs> i do run some 5k throughout the year but like you know what i mean it's almost yeah. I, I don't run that short of a distance when i work out you yeah know? it's so. uh
1: it's yeah definitely i yeah. would i was looking at the one at market common and then they didn't have a 10k option
0: it's I when I run a five k, I run a handful of them in the summer. They do a bunch of summer five k's around here. I look at that as like, where am I at pace wise? Because that's where all you you'll push yourself on your pace. So I go there with the intent of it's a good measure of you know when I run a half or a full, where where should I pace myself? There's some calculations you can make base, based on your five k time. So they're definitely a good tool for that in in training for other races. Well, let's jump into real estate. Preston, um, lots of things happening around the office for us. Um, we did a little practice last week. Um, something we try and do quarterly. Um, but we call it go to the board. Uh, talk about that. We did that uh, with our agents last week, and talk us through what what is that, Preston?
1: Yeah, I mean it's where all the agents come together, and we look at their goals for the year, and you know, each quarter you look at it and see where they are, if they're on track, off track um, you know, what they've, what they've could have done to be further along and where they're struggling, uh, and, you know, update them based on the time of the year and what they expect to see through the rest of the year.
0: Yeah. One of the things I love about doing it. So essentially they're making a commitment of what they want to achieve in their business. They're stating, Hey, you know, I love asking the question, how does that impact your life? Um, for me in this job I love it, Preston, because that's how I, I feel like i learned a lot about our agents and a lot about the people around us. How's does that impact your life? Um, and then the last thing is, well, what are you committed to doing every single day or every single week to achieve that, to impact your life the way you want to impact? And one thing we've learned from John, our coach, John Sheflak, is you, know, you can't be vague. You have to be very specific about what you want to achieve and what you're going to do to get it. Right. And I think that's the that's where we challenge our agents a little bit because a lot of them come in. I think it's very comfortable to be vague in those situations, like, hey, I'd like to, or I'm gonna try, or probably. No, you have to be very specific about what it is you want to get and how that impacts your life and what you're gonna do to get it. So I think those are some important points.
1: Yeah. And, you know, they make those commitments and they make make those public declarations where Mm -hmm. everybody hears them, you know, so everybody Mm -hmm. can measure and, you know, they pick, you know, what they're going to do on a daily basis. And it kind of reminds me of EOS, right? So EOS, we have measurables we have to hit every week. And we know if we hit those measurables, we should see the results that we want to see. So it's kind of similar to that when you, you know, it's not, hey, I'm going to make more phone calls or, hey, I'm going to, you know, do this activity more. It's actually a number that you put on it that you go back and say, hey, did I hit those numbers that I wanted to hit? You
0: know, like statistically, I've seen this stat thrown around a lot, whether it be in an accountability group or how we do go to the board where their public decorations or an entire company on a Zoom call talking about uh, commitments and what they're going to do to get it. Um, statistically, Preston, you're 33% more likely to take the action you committed to when there's uh, uh, your peers are involved in yep. that way where you have to come back and self report. Like we're hardwired as people, like we don't want to let down our peers, yeah, right. Our, our, our social group. So it's, it's 33% more likely you're going to take the action you commit to publicly. That's why yeah. that's important.
1: Yeah. And we had 70, roughly about 70, 75 on the zoom call. So it was a good three hour meeting.
0: Yeah. One thing we did different this quarter, Preston, which I liked is we, we have a, uh, like any other, real estate office. Probably we have whiteboards throughout our hallways for different things. We actually designated one of the whiteboards because they're public decorations. We put each agent's uh, commitment to the, the the action that they're taking that's helping them get what they say they want to achieve. So we actually uh, had it put on a whiteboard out there, all agents that attended to go to the board session. And I think it's cool. I've challenged the other leadership leadership in our, our company, to every day go through a couple of those and call the agents and check them see how they're doing. Yeah. Or if you don't see an agent in the office, make that call and be like, hey, well, how are you doing under 300 calls this week? Or you said you'd be in the office four days this week. It's literally what you committed to and we haven't seen you. So, you... Yeah. And we actually ask it in a way, which is kind of cool. What do you want to be held accountable to? So when I'm making that phone call, they've already said, hey, I want to be held accountable to XYZ, right? So it's not a weird or awkward phone call when I'm calling them because they literally said, I want to be held accountable to this. Yep. So, I think it's a great best practice for any company. Yeah. I mean, we've, uh, it's the third time we've done it this year. Yep. And the last thing I want to roll into in this podcast, Preston, um, I'm going to unpack a little bit of a lot of discussion, especially in, and we've talked a lot in this show. It's just funny, kind of our show has started when the market started to change, right? Like, really been the beginning of our podcast. And we've talked about how this market has changed. Well, now we're in the fourth quarter th- of this year. And what a wild year it's been in real estate. If you went back way back to the first quarter, second quarter of this year, we were still like in the wild west of real estate where people would call you up and say, basically order a house over the phone, yeah. right? And say, Hey, we want to see this house or we're ready to put it. Or sometimes sight unseen, sight unseen, they're buying houses. Um, and that's changed. Yes. That's not happening anymore, no. right? And I think we start talking about fourth quarter focus. We've been talking a lot with our agents about that. Um, let's unpack that a little bit, Preston. What what immediately comes to mind when you say, "Hey, what should an agent focus on in the fourth quarter right now?"
1: I mean, the big thing we're talking about is conversations, mm-hmm. you know. And I think uh, Gary Keller says it all the time: real estate's contact sport. You know, yep. you need to spend half of your day speaking to people, <clears throat> and you know where you could get away with maybe you know 40 or 50 conversations 60 conversations to a contract you could expect now you're going to be in the 80 to 100 conversations to a contract so when you think about that you know you think about your conversations how many do you have in a day and just count those and and put a number on it and you know make it something that you have to do that if you want to be in this business you know 3 years 4 years 5 years even 1 year from now you need to step up and you need to make not the calls, but the conversations, you know, have, make contact and have conversations about real estate. And that should be their focus going into the end of the year and beginning of the next. So, you know, if they have those conversations now, maybe they become contracts the first of next year.
0: Well, yeah, that's, that's a normal focus fourth quarter in any market, right? It's like, how, how much can I fill my, co- my calendar for follow-up calls and appointments for January and February, right? That's, in any market, that's typically the focus, and we have been talking a lot. You know, obviously, we've seen a decrease in our market. I think you said the other day they're expecting like a forty forty percent less contracts, right, or transactions overall. Yeah, th-
1: I mean, I've seen anywhere from depending on the market, thirty to forty percent uh, next year. Now, part of that is skewed too. Like, you know, people are like, well, thirty to forty. But also, this year and last year was the two of the best years ever. So yes. when you look at like, oh, 30 to 40% less, well, look at a normal market and then see where it's at. Um, but 30 to 40% less based on this year is is kind of what, and we see it in the same thing with real estate teams and agents and everything else. What they're seeing across the country is they expect about a 30% reduction in real estate agents as well. So if you, you know, for me, I look at the numbers, okay, say what's well, 40% less, we close in this, in our you know, our MLS or our area, we closed 21,000 properties, Mm -hmm. 22,000 properties. So, you know, 40% less is roughly about 14,000. Then we have a step, okay, well, there's 30% less agents. So the numbers, you know, I mean, if you're doing the work and putting in the effort and making the calls and prospecting and doing everything that you're supposed to be doing in this business to have a business, you'll still continue to be successful
0: yeah, I think the important thing there you know if you're an agent you're, you're hearing all those numbers, don't get scared. And this is what we talk to our agents about. They're already starting to see it is you know, Preston touched on it a little bit earlier. like back back in the days, I used to help agents make a business plan right when they' were starting out or going into each each year. And we used to use based on whatever their pillars of business were or where their lead generation came from. Roughly, there was a formula like for every 40 to 50 people you talked to, had a conversation with, one of them would turn into a client, yes. right? And what Preston's saying is essentially in a in the market shift that we're seeing and the direction that's going is that number is going to double. So it's like 80 to 100 people need to be talked to to generate a real estate conversation. So that's not doom and gloom. If you're a, a realtor who's willing to roll your sleeves up, you're at a company that gives you a lot of at-bats. And by at-bats, I mean is lead generation op- opportunities, right? Like a database you can call or something, right? To work with, you just have to double down on conversations. And I've had plenty of conversations with agents over the last couple of months Is hey, if you want to sustain the business you did in 22, right into 23, all you have to do is double the amount of conversations that you're having. So if you're normally doing 100 dials a day and you were able to do XYZ business, now you got to ramp it up to 200. Yeah. Right. That's maybe an an extra hour and a half or 90 minutes that's spent on calls. And then the other thing as an agent, I think you have to look at is schedule. Okay. What do I need to cut out of my schedule possibly so that I can double down on calls and sustain the revenue that I have coming into my real estate business? Yeah. And it's
1: also a good time to look, you know, if you're running a business and, you know, if you're an agent and you're running a business, but look at your, you know, look at your expenses and look at your P&L look at what makes sense what doesn't make sense you know what can you cut out what can't you cut out mm-hmm. because you know you need to look at those because a lot of times you know I'm coaching companies across the country and teams across the country on lead gen a lot of times I'll dig in and look at the software they use and I'm like you're you're you know you're paying three different softwares and the one if you dig into it it could do everything the other three you know other two can do so yes. you're able to eliminate some expenses that really don't make a whole lot of sense you know I think that's not only you need to be proactive in in reducing expenses as well, because it's, you know, next year is going to be interesting for sure.
0: Yeah. And I think we talked about it a lot in our last episode, uh, when we talked about recruiting and companies having to show a lot of value, I can, I can tell you sitting in on recruiting appointments, there's a lot of companies that haven't caught up to that aspect where agents are starting to look at what they're spending money on, whether it be their CRMs whether it be their lead generation. Um, whether it be the things that could have been or can be, maybe bought in bulk by a company and offered as value, and a CRM, I think, is one huge example of it. You know, we're huge Follow Up Boss fans at this company. We uh, supply it to all our agents. That's a big expense as a single agent. That as a company, you can provide a lot of value. That's going to make a huge impact on an agent's business.
1: Yeah, for sure. I and- mean, it's it's uh, you know, Follow Up Boss. We have. 80 users in there with our isas and everything so it's um it's a valuable tool and it's it's something that you know we couldn't live without it just doesn't make sense you know whether whatever crm you're using there's quite a few good ones out there but that's the one we choose
0: to use it's shocking to me how many agents single agents or even like teams that are at bigger companies or whatever are still having to go out and buy that themselves yeah. you know as what, like it's like anything else when you have more users obviously the expense goes down But if you're just one agent and you're buying this or you're a two-man team and you're buying this that's a huge business expense yeah huge um so we talked about conversations the other thing i like to always focus on in the fourth quarter um obviously appointments tend to go down right and and, and i'm talking to any market not even a market where it's slowed down a little bit so when appointments have tend to go down the afternoon time For agents is a great time to focus on sphere of influence. That's past clients, that's your advocates, it's friends and family, all the all those people that would refer you if you were top of mind. Right? So talk about that, Preston. Why is that so important?
1: Yeah. I mean, really. It's not always the people that you've done business with, you've transaction with have a transaction with or sold real estate to that refer business to you. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of times it's people you haven't even done business with, you just speak to and you're friends with or acquaintance or, you know, whatever it may be. Those are the ones that refer you business more so than the ones that you've done business with. So it's definitely a good idea not only to reach out to the ones that you've done past business with. But the ones that you have not done business with, whether they're friends or whatever, um, those are the people that will send you referrals as well. Um, So it's definitely a good, something good to do. I mean, we say it, we said it many times that 85% of the people that bought with an agent will use somebody different next time they buy. Um, So it's definitely important to stay in front of them and stay connected to the ones you've already sold because those are typically the ones that are the easiest to sell again.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So going into Thanksgiving, it's a good one to start, and then Christmas. If you're an experienced agent, take a look at the that past client database, especially people who've bought a home in the last year, right? Go through that list and have a plan. Pumpkin pies, yeah. Do the pumpkin pies at Thanksgiving, right? That's a big deal. They're live. They're they're hosting that first Thanksgiving in that house you sold them, and you drop off the day before a pumpkin pie. You bring it to the door, knock on the door thank them for their business in the past year and people come in, they love their house. And let's say they're in the market for real estate is, Hey, we'd love to move this neighborhood. Guess what? You were top of mind because that pie sitting on the counter that maybe has that little sticker that thanks them for their business, has your name on it, whatever. Um, Great opportunity there. I know here a lot of agents say, Hey, my clients that I sold to don't live here. They're a second home. They're an investment. You mail them a card and buy them a cup of coffee or something, right? Like a gift card to Starbucks, a gift card to Dunkin' Donuts, right? Appreciate their business for the past year. That's well worth it. You know, if you had to buy a few $10 gift cards or $5 gift cards, wherever the cost is, well worth it. Um, And then of course, going into Christmas too, you want to have that uh, touch point as well. It could be the pies, it could be cards, it could be something to put you in front of your past client database. I'm a huge fan of the pop buy program. We've talked about that a few different times where you stop by with an an item right that appreciates them and it's seasonally relevant. Um, but have a plan in place right now. When you don't have appointments, let's say your appointments have gone down, sit down, map out your past client database, your advocates, your top hundreds, your top 50. Have a plan between now and Christmas to have had a conversation, mailed them a card, a handwritten card, and or stop by their home with a, a pie to appreciate them think about it, how many people are out looking at houses the day before Thanksgiving or the day before Christmas Eve. It's usually yeah. not that busy time for a realtor. Use that time.
1: Yeah. It's, it's interesting too, like in coaching with uh Chaplac digital, when we're coaching teams across the country on how to generate leads and how to bring that in house and, and how to, you know, make opportunities, create opportunities yourself instead of, you know, waiting on national lead providers. Yeah. Um, some of the conversations I've had over the last week have been brokers and teams that have been with Zillow for a long time. i not trying to single out Zillow, but this is what they did. And they were flex partners of Zillow and just received a call on Monday and said, hey, you're no longer a Zillow flex partner anymore and you won't receive any more leads starting tomorrow. Oh, jeez. So, you know, and the one of them I spoke to in his market, they were the number two converter out of for everybody in the market with Zillaflex and, and no reason or anything was given other than at, as of tomorrow, you will no longer be a Flex. So it's definitely interesting times. It's definitely times to think about, you know, bringing a lot of that stuff and creating opportunities, whether it's prospecting or looking, you know, maybe you weren't a prospecting company before mm-hmm. might be a good time to invest in prospecting and learning what you need to do, you know, whether it's a dialer or whatever it may be. So, you know, you don't have to go the route. We we typically train on like pay-per-click and organic and SEO, but you don't have to go that route. And there's a lot of companies that do that as well. It's just something that, you know, with the market changing and the opportunities decreasing, waiting and hoping that you continue to receive the leads from somebody that sends them to you, yeah. whether it's a company or whatever, it, it might be a time to, it is a time that's definitely needed to, to try to bring that in-house and handle it yourself or, or, have a company works with you building the campaigns for you in an account you own. Um, that's just something I've heard over the last two weeks that, that, uh, that I want to share on here that it is interesting. You know, those things are starting to happen now as well.
0: Yeah. When it comes to lead generation, what happens in a market like this Preston and you talk about situations like that, it's like, uh, you could be behind the driver's seat, right. Of the bus, or you could be strapped to the bumper. Yeah. you know and i'd much rather be in behind the driver's seat
1: yeah it's uh i mean the lady i s- spoke to this morning that i coach with she we were able to generate 968 leads for her the last month wow um she so said that's 542 more than she's ever received in a month so you know those are the things to think about like th- there is opportunities out there there's ways you know when we go in and create a pay-per-click campaign for people in their own accounts And running those, the number one competitor we see on those campaigns a lot of times is Zillow, Realtor.com. So Mm -hmm. you're creating ads and campaigns to, you know, generate leads yourself. And they're generating the same leads and then handing them off to you for 10x of what they're paying or 20x or 30x, whatever it is. Yeah. So it's just becoming a a volume, right? They don't have the volume to feed that many companies. Uh, They're going to start acts in some companies and you know, focusing on maybe one company in a market or two companies in a market, depending on the size.
0: So you're starting to see that happen more and more. So you're saying for Zillow, that's more profitable, right? To have the I guess the bigger accounts or more limited accounts in a market. Is that is that the why behind they're doing it?
1: Well I think they just in that market they just took the number one converter, right? Which is a bigger number one conversion company and said, hey, here's there's not enough leads to continue to send them to you know the number two or the number three person. And so they're just sending them to that one company
0: now. Interesting. Well, kind of shifting gears. So we've talked about um, double down on on conversations. Super important, right? Especially in a shifted market. We've talked about sphere of influence. The last thing I think is always important in the fourth quarter. And I think about agents from a time perspective. Typically, like I said earlier, appointments go down. You have a little bit more time to kind of figure out some stuff, right? You should be having more conversations, definitely more conversations with fear. But the other thing I always like to look at Preston is habit, right? What are some good habits? This is a time when you have time, what are some good habits you can now develop in your business? Don't wait for new year, new me. Wait for now it's fourth quarter. Let's go into the beginning of the year with some mo- momentum and di- and dig down, and develop some, some better habits in your business. And I'm going to challenge you to, cause I see this mistake all the time. Agent comes in and they want to totally like, change their entire world and transform and they're going to do this thing and this second thing and this third thing and this fourth thing and what happens is none of them come come to light pick one thing yeah pick one thing and like whether it's getting up or it could be as simple as just get out of bed early every day right and i got a list of a few examples i think would be good some good habits for realtors to to focus on but pick that one thing what are your thoughts on that Preston?
1: yeah i mean i definitely definitely need to we, like with conferences, you know, we have so many different things we learn and, and, you know, we could easily come back and try to throw 20 things against the wall and see what sticks. Mm-hmm. Um, but we always typically come back with one to three things that we'll implement. And we're successful with that because it's not, you know, like you own one, I'll own one, somebody else will own one, and you're able to do that. But when you come in and try to say, oh, I want to, you know, like... A lot of people at the beginning of the year, they, they want to lose weight. They join the gym, they do all these three, four, five things, and 30 yeah.
0: days later, they're not doing them. Um, well, but, well, you're, but, but a good example is that instead of doing all these things, just one, just fix your diet, yeah, right? Like fine. just be a, a, and then add exercise and then, Correct. right? Instead of trying to do it all at once. I'm yeah. sorry, I yeah. mean to cut yeah. you off, but no, that's no, a perfect sure. example. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you, you know, like
1: diet or whatever, you, you know, if it's making calls, you know, don't try to, Say, I'm going to make calls, I'm going to do door knock, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. And next mm-hmm. thing you, know, you have five different things and you fail at all five. Yeah. You know, just focus on one and whether it's, you know, do that for two months or, you know, build a habit and then add something to it. You know, and over time, it's kind of like, you know, with EOS, with rocks, we'll do one thing, we'll get that, we'll do something else. And over time, compounding all those things over time, you know, will create massive results.
0: Yeah. And I think and why I look at, and I've always thought about this from, from an Asian development standpoint, why November, December is a perfect time. It's 60 days. Yeah. Right. Think about it. If you just took that one thing, this one habit, I want to, I want, and I'm going to do this. I'm going to commit to this to the end of the year. Right. I'm going to just do it through the end of the year, see what happens. You get six, a 60 day, that's a lot of uh, time to really develop that. Where now it's like just a thing you do, it's who yeah. you are. And a couple of things I jotted down prior to this episode when I was thinking about this. Number one to me is schedule. I always say the the biggest, there's always two challenges in a realtor's business, Preston. Like, and a mentor told me this one time and it's, I've never seen it not to be true. All, and probably same for broker owners, but for agents, every problem they have in their business, you could root back to lead generation and or most of the time schedule. Yeah. So fix your schedule, right? You know, I always use to say, treat it like a job, it will pay you like a job, treat it like a hobby, you'll make hobby money yeah treat it like a job so fix your schedule like it, treat it, it like a nine to five the rest and of the year the
1: big, a big thing with that is use a calendar because uh, you know mm-hmm. you hear it often too i can't remember who says it but um it's let me look at somebody's calendar and i'll tell you what's important to them or how successful they're going to be yeah and if you don't put it in your calendar it doesn't exist you know and then that's whether it's family time or whatever it is i mean use your calendar you know we i've been using google calendars for a long time i've even gotten better and better as you know, now I have a calendar week floating out there that gets filled up, so I got to make sure I book <laughs> in everything that I have going on, and I'm, yeah. I'm in, I make sure I put it in my calendar and it's it's booked and it's uh you know it's it's months ahead. Like you know if I'm going on a trip or a conference or whatever, that's already in the calendar. You know anything that I'm doing is in the calendar, and that's definitely. I mean that would be something if you're not using a calendar, that would be something a habit to create a- and book your prospecting in there, book everything in
0: there. That was actually my my number two thing okay. I had on my list is calendar. prioritize. well, calendar, yeah. but prioritize your prospecting every single day. And here's the thing, folks. I know because I've been doing this long enough and I've been consulting agents long enough. November, December appointments tend to dip down. Look at your calendar, like Preston's saying, and schedule prospecting there in there every single day. That's the number one way to get it done, right? So uh, we've talked about you got to double your conversation. We've talked about um, contacting your sphere of influence. Put it in schedule it every single so prioritize it, and when I say prioritize, I think it should be the first thing you do every single day. Yeah, you come in from eight to eleven or nine to twelve, whatever that schedule looks like. Make that the one thing you do. Come in, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna buckle down. I'm gonna make my calls. I'm gonna contact my sphere, and then the rest of the afternoon, I'm gonna save it for the other stuff.
1: Yeah, and I think something that's important too is look at who you surround yourself with. Mm-hmm. Not that you need to leave the company you're with, but you know, find an accountability group or find a group that'll help you stay committed because it's a lot easier to stay, you know, committed to a race or prospecting or any of that stuff. If you have like-minded people in a room with you sharing challenges and, uh, you know, just making sure you're staying successful. So, you know, I think finding an accountability group or a group of your peers that, you know, will hold you accountable and make sure you're doing the things you need to do to hit
0: those goals. Yep, absolutely. Absolutely. One thing I put in there, I know a lot of agents, not everybody's as tech savvy as other agents, right? Or we we talk about CRMs all the time. I think another good habit is pick one piece of technology, not 15. Pick one piece of technology that's going to impact your business and use it every single day, Monday through Friday or Monday through Saturday, whatever it is, now through the rest of the year. So if it's a CRM, okay, every day I'm going to get into my CRM. I'm going to use it for follow-up. I'm going to put notes. I'm going to look at my next steps whatever that piece of technology is, pick one that you know is going to impact your business and use it every day for 60 days. Yes. So that's a, uh, one that came to mind. Another habit that I think is easily overrated. I know you and I talk about it quite a bit is commit to daily exercise, do it now. Don't wait till January or February when everybody else is in the gym and a gym is crowded and then they all quit. Like, what is it? 17 days, January 17th. Um, commit to it now every day for till till the end of the year think about how much better you'll feel in january when that beginning of the year that i hate the new year knew me I, I like despise that
1: yeah but and it's you know it's crazy like i've committed to that three years ago like exercise and staying mm-hmm. healthy four years ago and um you know the last couple of days i've slacked off because i you know, I'm just slacked off. I'm going to announce it here. He, he
0: runs one marathon. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, you know, I just feel guilty. So tomorrow, you know, I'm getting back to it, but it's uh, you know, it happens, but you know, with me slacking off three days, I'm like, man, what am I doing? You know, mm-hmm. I'm so used to doing that habit. It's just weird, not exercising in the morning anymore. So, um, you know, and and that's something because you build up a habit and it's something you do often. Mm-hmm. And, it's almost like eating breakfast in the morning.
0: Yeah, there's not too many things that I could honestly say to people like if you do this for sixty days in a row, it'll literally change your life. Exercise is one of them. No, it's just this number one. It's 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 just number one.
1: Like, well, it's not only exercise, eating healthy as well. But, yes, you know, you think about the person that is super successful, right? And their health is just in the tank. You're like, you know, imagine if that person was healthy stuck to a healthy lifestyle exercise and taking care of the body and, and their mind. Imagine how much more they could get done. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, I mean, it's 10 X for sure. It's, it's, that is the needle. Like John says it all the time. That is, that is what moves the needle the most.
0: Thousand percent. I mean, you feel good. You work good. I kind of say like running for me Why I took up running, it, uh, it became my therapist. Yeah. You know what I mean? That morning of like just being by myself, you're in your own thoughts. I come, I leave a run with so much clarity. It's like unbelievable. Yeah. You know? Um, one of the things I've thought about with exercise recently too, like I'm a stepdad, right? I always think about like the example you set for kids, right? Kids definitely imitate. They definitely watch. They pick up the things that go on around them. I think you're just setting an amazing example for children when you prioritize fitness and health. Oh, hundred
1: percent. It's funny that, uh, well, it's not funny. It's awesome but well, my daughter's 13 and in the last month she, I was like, what are you doing? She's in the gym. So she has like a little, you know, a notepad that she has filled out with exercises she's doing. Yeah. So she's been doing that. Like she has three theater three days a week and she's been exercising every day. She's not in theater. Yeah. And it's not that we, we never asked her, you know, we didn't say, Oh, you need to exercise. It's something that she's And now my, both my boys are like, Hey, I want to run the marathon with you in gym." I'm like, yeah you're not going to get from no, you know, no running to, to running a half, but there's, you know, Charleston one's neat though. They have like a, a kid's like marathon, which is really not a marathon. It's just a kid's run. I like a one, like, like a one mile or two mile mile. Yeah. So they're going to do that. So that's pretty cool.
0: Yeah. I just, I lately have had that thought a lot. Like what, that's a great, like you, you overlook exercise in that way, but it impacts as an adult, it impacts your life so much. Why not share that with your children? Yeah. You know? I mean, you think of
1: it like, you know, if you're drinking in front of your kids all the time, most likely at some point they're going to start drinking.
0: They're going to imitate that.
1: Yeah. I mean, I'd much rather them. I mean, they're all going to go through that phase. Right. But sure. I'd much rather them imitate me, you know, exercise and, and going to work and, and you know, doing those things and running and marathons or whatever. It's, uh, you know, over the last couple of years,
0: exercise and fitness has made a huge impact in my life. Same. Yeah, same. My life wouldn't be where it's at if I didn't. Do daily exercise. So guys, I leave you with that thought around habits. Pick one. Listen to this. Pick what's that one thing that every day you can implement and do for the next, think about November 1, because we're almost there all the way to the end of the year, 60 days. What's that one thing that you can implement and add to to your life?
1: One thing I want to add to is, because we're doing it with our agents, is business plan. Like Mm -hmm. don't wait until January to do a business plan. No. Sit down and do a business plan because you're a real estate agent. You're a real estate professional you're a business person, you're running your own business, you know, you're, you got to plan that business. And, and for us, we're going to sit down with all of our agents in a zoom call and go through a business plan and and show them how to build it and, and do all those things. But if it's not planned, it's not going to happen.
0: Yeah. I, I think it's William Covey says highly successful people know exactly what they want and exactly what they need to do to get it. Vague commitments lead to vague results. Yep. You know, so that's where, that's where a business plan comes in. I think we're going to do a business plan episode coming up here soon as well. So look forward to that. President, any other thoughts around the fourth quarter you want to share? No, that's
1: it, man. Just uh, keep plugging along and create those habits and start doing them
0: today instead of January 1. Don't wait till New Year, New Me. Please don't. But talk to more people, especially double down on Sphere of Influence Conversations And add that one thing daily to your business and life every single day over the next 60 days. That's going to change your business and life. Guys, have a great day. Have a great week. And we'll talk to you soon. See ya.